2: Hi, this is Caroline Aaron, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Hello. You much money. Half time going to cost all this. If you got two tens for a five,
1: just so happen to have it. it. Ed Roberts, with a reminder that George Schlatter, creator and producer of Rowan and Martin's Laughing, will join us at the top of the hour. If you stay tuned for that, in the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us, along with our guest, Nick Santa Maria Nick is the co-author, along with Matthew Konium, of The Annotated Abbott and Costello, a complete viewer's guide to the comedy team and their 38 films. The Annotated Abbott and Costello features new research, surprising revelations, a lot of photographs, a poignant essay called Lou and Me, uh, by Nick Santamaria, and a foreword by John Landis. The annotated Avent and Costello available wherever books are sold from our friends at McFarland and Company, McFarlandPub.com as well as Amazon.com. There are two introductions to the annotated Abbott and Costello, one written by Matthew, one written by Nick. One of the first things, in fact, your introduction, Nick, is, is entitled The Art of... Abbott and Costello, which some people would say that's that's an oxymoron because they were burlesque comics. They were, I mean, burlesque being the lowest form of humor, and yet, as you point out, the commitment they took to their roles, to I mean, even even if they 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 probably performed who who's on first ten thousand times throughout their career, but easily they. Every even the ten thousandth and first time, they made it seem fresh as new because that's they they honed it down and it it wasn't just by rote. It, it seemed like it was new every time they did it.
2: Right, I mean, that's a that's the perfect way to put it. Uh, my point was that uh, a lot of the burlesque sketches are just kind of a name when you think about it. A lot of them are based on Greek theater, by the way, mm-hmm. Greek comedies, which is why I feel that. Uh, these things are important. It's you know, in the world of theater, in the world of teaching theater, you learn about a few things. You learn about Commedia dell'arte. You learn about Shakespeare. Uh, you know, you learn different styles. You, you know, I believe that uh, learning the style and and substance of burlesque as an art form is just as important. It's just as it's just as important as a comedian for me as a Broadway comedian. It I can't tell you how much it helped me. How much it helped me with my delivery, even the sound of my voice, or the the uh, uh, amount of uh, vo- volume that it carries, was all really based on me watching these bra- these guys. They were just incredible. If you watch the Biffle and Schuster movies, like you said, Ed, he, I would say they were the main influence. I mean, there were some others, you know, there were some Stooge stuff, some Ritz brothers, but uh, I would say that Abbott and Costello, especially Benny Biffle, was definitely based on Lou. More than anyone else, but uh, for them to rise so fast out of that venue onto the Kate Smith show, which was so popular in 1938, and then to become a thing—I'm doing air quotes uh, again, uh, sorry—four uh, uh, yes, yes. quotes—that's a gallon. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, Groucho. Um, so you know, uh, the, it was—it's impossible. It's just impossible. And then two years later, they're on Broadway. Uh, Stealing the show from Bobby Clark, a great Broadway legendary comedian. And then all the studios come knocking. Three different (laughs) studios came knocking. And I think they picked the best one. I think Universal was where they belonged. Basically.
1: The annotated Avon Costello available wherever books are sold from our friends at McFarland and Company, McFarlandPub.com as well as Amazon.com. Greg, I want to button up one point uh, that Nick just made, and then I'll throw it to you. Nick, you're talking about Lou's athletic background. He was a basketball yes. player. In fact, if I remember correctly, in one of the movies, he demonstrates his three-point prowess. You know, Here come uh, the go Yes, yes. Um, in fact, if
2: I could just interrupt for one second. Go ahead. On the, on the uh, episode of This Is Your Life, which was shot three years before he died, mm-hmm. they hand him a basketball, and he doesn't. He doesn't even think about it. He turns around and he throws it, and it's in. Bam. Anyway, go well,
1: ahead. Well, no, but you underscored my point, which is besides the rapid-fire dialogue in, in many of their routines – in, in many cases, such as like the first time they did three hundred and sixty-five dollars, um, yes, it, it ends with Nick. I mean, with Nick, with Lou <laughs> doing a Pratt fall and falling backwards against the wall. You have to be a very good athlete to do Pratt falls like that and not look and not get hurt, but make it look totally natural.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and he did some doozies. If there are fans listening out there, one of my favorites is called The Naughty 90s, uh, 1945. And there's a scene where Bud and Lou are going to the villains' uh, gambling parlor, and they pull up in this beautiful open coach. Bud does this grand uh, exit out of the coach and steps down onto the sidewalk. Lou mimics him, throws his cape back, and falls flat on his face. And it's one of the best forward falls I've ever seen. And I've done a few myself. Uh, seriously, he, oh. he is just, he's got it. Whatever gifts, uh, whatever gifts the gods give comics, Lou was right there.
1: Well, you've, the you've never done ballet, but I've seen you perform live. You've done comedy pirouettes,
2: Nick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, li- I like that. Very <laughs> now I have to
0: change my, my bio.
1: <laughs> Greg, you want to jump in?
0: Oh, first, first, I want to suggest to uh, Nick that he, when he does his one man show, I think you should do uh, Abba and Costello. Oh wow! Oh, okay, That'd <laughs> that's be good. You know something? I have been using that joke
2: since Abba became a thing. <laughs> and when people would ask me, "Do you like Abba?" I'd always
0: say, "No, I prefer Costello." <laughs> so, it was always, it was always there. <laughs> great minds, great. great minds. Well, I wanna, I wanna point out that uh, Nick has a. Uh, a page on Facebook that um, it it brightens your day because Nick absolutely for free gratis and for nothing uh, gives, gives comedy gems all day long. And if you love your puns, which are the highest form of humor. And when people say they're the lowest or, um, uh, or I don't want to see puns. But meanwhile, if you look at every ad, if you look at Shakespeare, if you look at, uh, you know, Dickens, if you look at Everything, every puns are the essence of wordplay. Good wordplay is, wordplay is the essence. And uh, that leads me to we were, what you were talking about before. The elements of an Abbott and Costello movie are manyfold. Part of that is because a lot of movies and radio were born out of vaudeville and, and burlesque. And so maybe that's something that, that some people need to understand or maybe it needs to be explained. That's why this book is so good is that the elements are the whole it's a show they used to say some in some places in peanuts we're going to to go to the show we're not going to the movies a picture show Uh and the reason for that is because you were looking at a stage not a screen and if you watch like easter parade or one of the great mgm musicals it's a series of songs and performances where they plot linking them. And early Broadway was like that. And and still Broadway's like that. So that's what the Ivan and Costello movies are. And to say I don't want to see Dick Foran singing, um, you know, nobody on this earth should ever say I don't want to see Ella Fitzgerald because I could, you know, Ella Fitzgerald is probably the greatest singer that's ever walked the face of the earth. And to see her young and 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 just getting into a Tisket a tasket you know, the big, the big band era, the wartime big band era that the early films that we got with Martha Ray and And and, your sisters. Yeah. And the Mary Max, you know, hearing the smooth harmonies, so much of that music still affects, you know, the present day. And, you know, you talk about the, the routines they did, they were all about wordplay. They were all about, um, non sequitur strange connections to things you know my one of my wife's favorites is it a mutter you know is it a father <laughs> um, you know four four legs that it, it is It that's where Costello was like a kid because kids don't understand words but it's just so funny because it's crossed it, it makes you look at words and say G words can be stupid and, yeah. and that's, that's the essence of the comedy and I like because I'm an audiophile I just love the sound of these movies you've got Singers from all styles. You've got jazz, you've got operatic singers, and then you've Beautiful got ballads. Yeah. yeah. Ballads. And I want to also point out what Abbott and Costello films don't get credit for is they introduced um, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. It's from the movie. Nominated for an Oscar. Yes. And also, and I didn't know this until recently, um, uh, what is it? Uh, the one that I think Dick Ferran sings. In uh, in the NAK, I think that was also. Cowboy. I'll remember April,
2: Ride 'em Cowboy. I just watched it the other right,
0: night. I'll remember April was is also a standard. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these sometimes they'd interpolate a song that wasn't uh, that was already established, but for the most part, you had the best songwriters writing for them. Mm-hmm. So it was it was loads of you know and and some of and what's this? Is the other thing that's cool about the book is not everybody in the movie is remembered as well and so we need to understand who some of these wonderful performers or the character actors that you know the, the familiar faces you love so um i feel like watching them reading the book again and i'm watching them again <laughs> you know it's funny greg has been sending me
2: on my facebook page uh every day i'll get two or three uh, pictures of the title cards for the films <laughs> and he shows me what films he's watching
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. going along with the chapter. Yeah. And he's been doing all of them. It's amazing. They're beautiful. And some of them, interestingly, when you put them next to each other are the same font and on the same background. That's how quickly mm-hmm. that the universal was making them and the pressure that was on them that to make these many films because they were so hot and so popular.
1: Greg Erbar is with us and author guest, Nick, Santa Maria, Nick is the co-author, along with Matthew Konium, of the annotated Aben and Costello, a complete viewer's guide to the comedy team and their 38 films. Nick, will be back next week for part two of our conversation, Among Other Things. We'll talk about how Abbott and Costello's popularity in the 1940s actually worked against them for a while, and how that changed partly because of the influence of people such as Charles Lawton, and mostly because of the success of Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. Nick Santa Maria will join us for part two of our conversation next week on TV Confidential. In the meantime, the annotated Abbott and Costello is available through our friends at McFarland Books as well as Amazon.com. You can enjoy Greg Airbar's standalone podcast, The Fantastic World of Hannah and Barbara, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find audio. will take a quick time out. Then George Schlatter, creator and producer of Rona Martin's Lapin, will join us when we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Please stay with us. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash